Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the sick podcast. I'm feeling sick. Luke is feeling sick. We are all feeling shit. Hello, everyone. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm sick. Sick. I, I just got allergies. Allergy. It, allergies isn't like a sickness, is it? I mean, uh, but I do. I my know, nose. Um, but it? I do. Th- I can do this with my nose. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to do that with my nose. Funny enough, because then I will have blood all over me. Yeah. So, uh, I have a tendency. I have this uh, rift inside of my nose that there has been a problem with for quite a while now over over half a year um i think it was like yeah six months ago that sounds uh, approximately right i've been to the emergency before because like it was bleeding and it didn't stop and they like they stopped it but uh like absolutely nothing can come come in touch with it before it starts bleeding again and then also i am uh, having a cold uh, so, uh, uh, the snore is getting over where, like, the blood usually uh, c- correlate. Yeah, this is a disgusting podcast. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> so it won't stop bleeding. So I, I have this huge ball of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, linen, uh, up my nose. So I also sound bad and I have like 39 degrees a Celsius fever, so I'm not feeling good at all. Yeah, that's not fun. So, uh, but fun we're times. doing a podcast. We're doing it live. Oh no, we talked about that last time. <laughs> we're not doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it not live. Not live podcast. I, what do you mean? We, it's not like we did two other intros to this show or something. Well, that's very not uh, unusual, to be honest, to, like, that's start true. and restart. <laughs> that is true. I, I wonder one time if if we should, like, just, like, release the whole show, like, from the beginning of our conversations to the end. But uh, there's there's too much personal information and too much yeah, yeah. weird taste going on in the middle that I, I'm not sure I would like to do that. No, that's a bad idea um, yes. on the internet. Like because the internet like is, your is a dangerous... Your father coming by. Yeah. The internet can be a dangerous place to release that kind of information, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. But I am going to be like Slack and call all, all my uh, internet friends and ask them for money. So yeah, you should you should uh, you should scam everybody out of all your all the money all the monies <laughs> because you're betting on I don't know horses or something. I... Uh, yeah, he did he did uh, casinos, but yeah, close enough. Or was it? Was I, it, I heard it was no, sports it, betting. So it was sport betting. Yeah. yeah. Not like a, not like a lot of other people, but we'll talk about that in the Jeremy round because that is a big. We will. I mean, everybody's talked about it. I don't think we're the first ones to talk about that, but uh... no. But it has had. I mean, 
the whole thing started with chess and now where uh where people have like gone out of their way to uh, threaten people to not uh, come out with sexual <laughs> uh, accusations so <laughs> i haven't heard that uh, i'm interested it's been a week <laughs> in I, twitch i haven't heard that at all but we'll talk about that i guess in the will... at the end of the show at the end of the show, that that is what we call a teaser. It's a uh, teaser, yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to listen all the way, th- and you have to listen all the way through. You can't skip because if you do, no. that part at no. the end will get deleted somehow magically. Yes, we've developed yes. a yes. software where yes. the best part of the show gets deleted at the end if you don't <laughs> listen all the way through. Yes. Um. <laughs> and also, it gets deleted if you don't tell your friends about the show. Right, if you don't share, if you don't send uh, a link to your friends on some type of social media, that part of the Uh show will be deleted at the end, which it will be in the end of the show, we guarantee you, but but only for certain people. (laughs) Only if you're fans of us. I don't know how we developed this software, but it's great software that we developed. That's able to we do asked, that. Uh, <laughs> we asked uh, Doctor Who and Doctor Strange and Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Right, he goes in. He yeah travels through and he deletes it for each person. Yeah, it's yes. like kind yeah. of a Santa Claus thing. You know how he delivers presents, <laughs> except in reverse. It's like a reverse Santa Claus. <laughs> Welcome to us being goofy. Uh, well, let's talk about Trumpy Lump. Uh, New York Attorney General uh, announces a civil lawsuit against Trump and his family. I was really excited to not talk about Trump this week, and then this happened this Me morning. <laughs> New York Attorney General announced... Like, Finally, a week without Trump. And, 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 uh, then we wake United up. Then the United States says, nah New York Attorney General announced a civil lawsuit against Trump and family, so not just Trump. Attorney General of New York State has filed a civil lawsuit against Trump and his and members of his family. The culmination of a year, years long, multiple years long investigation mm-hmm. of financial practices at the Trump organization. Letitia James announced the suit in New York on Wednesday, today, in a move that is sure to increase. Con- excuse me, consternation with the former U.S. president, his family, and his inner circle. Announcing the suit before reporters in New York, she said, the complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of the other defendants in the case. The New York suit represents an escalation in serious legal jump jeopardy Trump has already faced on numerous fronts, including possible indictment over uh, the retention of classified records at Mar-a-Lago. The statement said James' suit was filed against Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, senior management, and involved entities for engaging in years of financial fraud to obtain a host of economic benefits. Okay, uh... Yeah, it sounds like a Ponzi scheme. That is more or less what uh, it seems like. I mean, it's financial fraud. I feel like... uh, Uh, That is more or less a Ponzi scheme, though. (laughs) 
well, it's a little different because a Ponzi scheme involves you like getting money from a whole bunch of people to then try to pay some of those people back and right. and then screwing other people over. So I don't necessarily see this as a Ponzi scheme. Um, well, that's kind of how I read it. Maybe I'm wrong. I see it more as he was faking documents to... Th like, if you were to go and get a loan and you were like, I don't have a job, I don't have any... Uh, I have no record of me going and making money in the past, They would. the bank is going to be like, um, we're not giving you a also, loan, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, I have 10 visas that I have used overdrawn over a lot of time, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's it, it's kind of in that vein, Donald Trump went and said, I have billions of dollars, uh, and then he used that leverage to, to get what loans, tax benefit. It says here, okay, here. The lawsuit alleges that Donald Trump, with his help of his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump, and senior executives of the Trump organization, falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to induce banks to lend him money to the Trump organization on favorable terms that would otherwise be unavailable to a company to satisfy, satisfy and continue loans uh, and to induce insurers to provide insurance coverage for higher limits and lower premiums and to gain tax benefits, among other things. So it, um, wow. so it more has to do with like uh, pretending you have more money because... Guess what? In America, right. the richer you are, the easier it is to get these kind of things, which is yeah. should obviously be the opposite if uh, if this yeah, was yeah. a functioning uh, country. But this isn't a functioning country. We live in a uh, we live in a we live in a material world, and I am a material girl. What's the word that Bernie always uses? Uh, uh, it's a kleptocratic state, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh, I love that word. Kleptocratic. I think that's what it is. I, I'm I'm sure it is. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I wasn't making fun of you. I was just like, I like that word. Klepto means stealing. Like, I know what a kleptomaniac does. Right, a kleptocratic... Uh, in a kleptocratic... Corrupt politicians enrich themselves secretly outside the rule of law through kickbacks, bribes, right. special favors, and, and simply direct state funds to themselves and their associates. Yeah, I was right. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Just double-checking. That, that, that sounds like America, yeah, in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I, I think it's hilarious that this is happening, and I hope this is what he goes down for, to be honest, because it would prove me correct. Right. I I do agree. Uh, I uh, I think we have said from the beginning. I have to reiterate this for. New I think listeners. well, what's the beginning? The beginning <laughs> was when Trump started to run for election. Yeah. Right. Yes. That uh, we don't think he has done anything wrong with the Russians, but that that doesn't mean that like he hasn't done anything wrong economically, and that is what we have said. From the fucking beginning, and it seems like that is going to be at least now. I think uh, one. I think at one to... point I actually said I. I think what he will go, end up going down for is some kind of financial fraud or 
Right, I uh, remember that. And or, I, said, I agree. Or some kind of, uh, you know, uh, illegal transfers of money, meaning like right. um, uh, laundering, money laundering. Right. Right. And, and that seems looks, to be uh, what's going on here. That. <laughs> yeah, it seems very much like what's going on. Uh, let's move on to uh, the opposites of uh, Trump. Is it the opposite of Trump? Is Biden the opposite of Trump? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, no. I no, mean, the opposite would... Sad, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. He, he's like a, a third opposite of Trump. Is that a thing that you can say? He's, <laughs> he's one third opposite if you were to like... You know, the, yes. not a full 180, but yeah. <laughs> one third. Uh, but yeah, uh, Biden says U.S. forces will defend Taiwan in uh, case China invade them. Or did he? U.S. President Joe Biden it's says... It's not like he's gone back on his... Sorry. I think this is the fifth time he's said it and then gone back on it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm pretty sure it actually is the fifth. Probably. <laughs> Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden said the U.S. forces would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. His most explicit statement on the issue, drawing the anger, drawing an angry response from China, that said it sent the wrong signal to those seeking uh, Taiwan independence. When asked on CBS 60 Minutes interview broadcast on Sunday whether U.S. forces should defend the democratically governed island claimed by China, he replied, "Yes." This is a quote. Yes, in fact, there was an unprecedented... If there was an unprecedented attack. Okay. Asked to clarify if he meant that, unlike in Ukraine, U.S. forces, American men and women, uh, would defend Taiwan in event of a Chinese invasion. Then Biden replied, yes. So he's saying boots on the ground in Taiwan. Okay. The CBS interview was just the latest time that Biden has appeared to go beyond the long-standing stated U.S. policy on Taiwan, but his statements uh, was clearer than previous ones about committing to putting troops uh, on the island. The U.S. uh, has long stuck to the policy of strategic ambiguity uh, and not making clear whether it would respond to military... uh, attacks on Taiwan, asked to comment a White House spokesman uh, said about the U.S. policy. The president has said this before, including in Tokyo earlier this year. He made it clear that our Taiwan policy has not changed, and that remains true. Of course, their Taiwan policy is that they won't defend it, but he's saying that they will defend it. Right. Yeah. Uh, what does China think about all of this? Have they said anything? Well, today, China uh, toned down its rhetoric on Taiwan on Wednesday, today, saying it is inevitable that the self-governing island will come under China's control, but that it will promote efforts to achieve it peacefully. This is following recent remarks by Joe Biden that the U.S. would defend Ch- Taiwan if China were to invade. They do. They don't appear to signal a change in policy as much as a broader attempt to calm the waters uh, on multiple fronts in the run-up to a major meeting 
of the ruling Communist Party next month. I would like to re this is a quote uh, from China. I would like to reiterate that we are willing to strive for a prospect of peaceful reunification uh, with the greatest sincerity and utmost efforts. Uh, a spokesman said on Taiwan when asked about growing concerned that China might resort to force uh, against against Taiwan, obviously. China's military for the second time in recent weeks noted that sailing of the U.S. of U.S. warships through the Taiwan Strait without calling it provocation, uh, as it has done earlier this year, foreign ministry spokesman was outspoken uh, outspoken earlier, accusing the U.S. of stirring up trouble and ganging up with other countries to exert pressure on China. The U.S. Navy said that in a statement that. Uh, in a statement Tuesday that the joint maneuver demonstrates the, a commitment uh, of the United States and our allies and partners to free and open Indo-Pacific waters. So they're like, we're not, we're not trying to like stir anything up. We're just, this is just our, this is what, <laughs> what we do. We're, this is just about freedom. All right. Freedom. Why, what are you going to, you can get mad that we're, we're exerting freedom. On, on the ocean? These are free whales yeah. and, and free dolphins and stuff, all right? Uh, they want our, our warships. They want our warships here. The, the, it's all about the freedom of dolphins. That's what this is about. <laughs> the freedom of dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Luke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we can't hold them back in a... Uh, in uh, caves or something, because then you become what world? Uh, let's see. Uh, we are going to talk about U.S. announces new sixty million arms package for Ukraine. It's it's going pretty good in Ukraine. It seems Russia is like tilting. Uh, yeah, it's almost like we've sent billions of dollars worth of weapons there. Uh. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Thursday, that's last Thursday, announced an additional sixty or six hundred million dollars in military assistance for Ukraine. Together with our allies and partners, we're delivering the arms and equipment to Ukraine forces are that are utilizing so effectively as to continue their successful counteroffensive against Russian invasion. Uh, this is the twenty-first. Shipment of ammuni uh, military munitions to uh, Ukraine from the U.S. Twenty-first shipment since September 2021. So, in a year, we've sent 21 shipments of military um, equipment. That seems a little over. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? A little over overboard. Well, you know, some of them were only, you know, $6 billion, and this one was $600 million. So $6 billion, $600 million, there's, you know, there's a difference. Ah, in, like, yes. So much difference. <laughs> Earlier this week, Ukraine <laughs> launched a major counteroffensive against the Russian military, attacking it from the north after staging a campaign that led Russia to believe uh, that the smaller country would attack from the south. In a statement, uh, Blinken said, President Biden has been clear we will support the people of Ukraine as long as it takes, adding that the total amount of military assistance from the U.S. since uh, Biden's inauguration um, 
including this new amount, will be $15.8 billion. So, that's a lot. How much does it... I, I remember there were, Remember when there was that whole discussion of, like, how much does it take to feed... It, it, to, like, feed the entire homeless population of the right. world? Yeah, and someone said that they would pay... If it worked, wasn't it Musk that said that? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it actually worked. Yeah. I have a feeling that $15.8 million would make a pretty good dent in that. <laughs> you think so? I mean, like, you know what I mean. $15.8 million? Uh, what's the cost? Of feed? The UN Food Program, which feeds over 100 million of the hungriest people in the world each year, says we need $7 billion to deliver food to millions of people facing famine. We need $40 billion per year to feed the whole world's hungry people and end uh, global hunger. $40 billion. Okay. So it's not quite there. It's like less than half, actually. Yeah. But... Still a lot, though. So you, we could almost feed half of the world's homeless uh, for the amount we spent on Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, is anybody going to do that? That's the other thing. Well, you know, we killed off a lot of people, so it actually evens everything <laughs> out. Because <laughs> all those people in Russia, Russians and Ukrainians that died, now we don't have to feed them uh, anymore, Fro. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, now it costs less to feed the world population because that, there's less people. That That is true. Right. Yeah. Economics. See, see how that works. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, speaking. Yeah, I mean, we need less people because otherwise we're gonna have like migrants f going into Martha's <laughs> Vineyard oh, yeah. and things. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Okay, so this is funny though. Why is are they like putting them in Martha's Vineyards of all places? <sighs> Right, uh, Venezuelan migrants flown to an upscale Massachusetts island of Martha's Vineyard are going to sue Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his transportation secretary for engaging in fraudulent and discriminatory a fraudulent and discriminatory uh, fraudulent and discriminatory scheme. I don't know why that's hard to say. Uh, to relocate them in a lawsuit. It's my witchness that is like getting over. Yeah. Right. In a lawsuit filed in federal court in Boston, which alleges that the migrants were told they were going to Boston or Washington, which was completely false, they were induced with perks such as $10, uh, $10 McDonald's gift cards. No human should be used as a political pawn, uh, an executive for lawyers for the civil for civil rights. Uh, this group is seeking a class action uh, lawsuit. Uh, filed on behalf of several of the migrants who were aboard a flight last week. Uh, excuse me. I had to snurfle. Uh, a lawsuit... Snurfle. Yeah. A lawsuit which <laughs> also named Secretary of Transportation Jared W. Perdue as a defendant, which alleges that the migrants were induced to cross state lines under false pretenses, a line that some Democratic officials are using... To urge a federal investigation, right? So what happened here is DeSantis, as a, like a stunt, um, flew a bunch of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, which is like a very 
posh, rich person uh, vacation destination island off of Boston. He did this to like uh, because he's anti-immigration. He's anti. He he's against immigration. Uh, so he he decided I'm going to send immigrants farther up. Wait, this doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. I'm against immigration, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start sending immigrants <laughs> all over the country. All over the country, yeah. I mean, I I, I personally am not against this. I actually think <laughs> no, that, that immigrants should be allowed, uh, you know, especially legally be allowed to go wherever they want to go, but um, for him to use the 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 worst part about this is he's using human beings as like a toy or as like a as a prop. He's using humans human lives as a prop, and that's the grossest part to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, using them in uh, any way of like entertaining way or political way is uh, just like lunatic for me. When asked Tuesday about a speculation that DeSantis may end up sending migrants to Delaware, uh, the home state of Joe Biden, the president said, he should come visit. We have a beautiful shoreline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, that's what immigrants care about. Yeah, there isn't, like, great, uh, you know, in Mexico, they don't have beautiful beaches. They actually no, no, probably no. have more beautiful beaches than anywhere in America, but sure, sure. How dare, how dare you say that, Look, how These were Venezuelan... I think that's the best part is these were Venezuelan <laughs> immigrants. This is the best part, because you know wow. both the corporate Democrats and the Republicans hate Venezuela. You know that. That's the best part of this. Is like they both uh, want these people. They just want to kill these people because they're horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked talk plenty about how. Um, remember, I, I'm going to go back to it, but remember Donald Trump's uh, State of the Union, where Nancy Pelosi right. stood up and gave a standing yeah. ovation to the uh, not actual president of Venezuela, like, this whole thing, it's so, oh, there's so much juice in here when you really think about it, like, everybody's wrong in this situation. Yeah, there's no one right, that's for sure. DeSantis declined to confirm speculation based on flight tracking software uh, that more migrants, uh, that he was sending more migrants on the move. He again defended the decision to fly the Venezuelan migrants to Martha's Vineyard, saying that the decision was completely voluntary and without evidence that they were uh, in awful conditions, uh, and that's why they sent them there. So, uh, DeSantis is saying, "What do you mean? I, I didn't. It wasn't a political ploy. That's just what we do, you know." Yeah. Another thing that's, that's hilarious that's, that's, yeah. is remember yeah, during Black Lives Matter when Republicans were claiming that Democrats were busing. Uh, demonstrators into certain cities to demonstrate for Black Lives Matter protests. And, I do remember that. And Republicans were so upset that they could be busing people from one place to another to demonstrate. Well, this guy's literally flying people, people <laughs> illegally, and, and that's not an issue, right? That's 
Like the hypocrisy is 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 so good. It's so good. <laughs> My mama always said stupid is as stupid does. Well, this is stupid does like uh with a with an exclamation <laughs> point, yeah. Yeah. Multiplied by hundred and hundred and hundred. Yeah, no, I really, really, really don't understand this. I I really don't. Well, what's happening, like, he's anti-immigration, and he's try- yes. and it's an election year, so he's trying to um, score points by saying, like, oh, look at this, I, tr- I trolled the Dems because I sent immigrants to a place where they wouldn't want immigrants. But, like, Martha's Vineyard is, a, is, like, a rich person kind of, like, enclave where like you know what i mean where like yeah uh a rich democrats who pretend and this is actually true these rich centrist democrats who pretend to care about poor people but actually actually go back and live in their like giant mansions that are like they have multiple of and then they go oh uh, I care about poor people. Well, maybe send, maybe sell off two two of your yachts. <laughs> you know what I mean, and then give that money no, to Luke. poor people. No, 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 no. Like in that way, I actually understand what DeSantis is doing. You know what I mean? Like I agree with that sentiment. It's like uh, these people pretend to care, and they actually don't care. But DeSantis is this is the same thing. It's like I'm pretending to care about these people, but he doesn't give a shit about immigrants either so like yeah no no but the sad thing is like nobody does absolutely nobody that is the sad part yeah and, but yeah. i think he cares less because he's literally using them as like a political ploy uh yeah that shows that he he doesn't even see them as human he sees like i said he sees them as a prop he doesn't see them as yeah human. yeah yeah no uh, and uh, that is how it's going to be, because people don't understand that. Um, I think they do to a certain degree, but people are easily like manipulated by situations like this because they they can see a headline on one side or the other and just run with it. Like feeling wise, they feel like, oh, I right. don't like this person, or I do like this person, and so I either agree or disagree with them. But, like, when you get into the nuance of it, you realize, like, it, it's kind of both... It, the both sides argument is it, it could uh. be applied to this, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's what's something that's not a both sides argument? I think a not both sides argument is that everybody kind of loves ice cream. Have you ever met somebody who doesn't love ice cream? Uh... I've never no. met a person in my life who's like, I fucking hate ice cream. Fucking gross. Get that shit out of here. I've, I've I never met. I've never met somebody yeah. who said that. I met a weirdo that didn't like uh, musicals, but other than that, no. But that's me. I also don't like cake. Oh. <laughs> I hate. I think I even said that like two uh, two shows ago. I don't like cake. Cake is gross. Oh yeah, that's right. But yeah. it's more of like a uh, what's a texture thing. texture thing. Yeah, it's a yes. it's spongy. It's gross. That's yeah. Uh, but Ben and Jerry's ice cream makers, right? And founders uh, of Ben and Jerry's ice cream accused Unilever Lever of breaking a deal with them in Israel. The founders of Ben & Jerry have accused the UK consumer giant Unilever 
Unilever of violating a 23-year-old agreement that could lead to the sale of their ice cream company in the occupied West Bank of Israel. Ben Cohen... Israel? Well, we've talked about this uh, in the past. They they had... Right. They had stopped selling Ben & Jerry's completely there because the founders were like, we don't agree with the occupation of Palestine. And they're like, if okay. if you're going to occupy Palestine, you can't have Ben and Jerry's, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's uh, and then Unilever came in and said, "Well, you're you're ruining our business by doing this. So we're going to sell our share to an Israeli company and that was and so now Ben and Jerry's is accusing Unilever of violating an agreement they made by selling their shares to this other company. Does that make sense? Ah, okay. It says the founders claim that the sale breaches an agreement signed with Unilever when it bought the ice cream band in 2000 for $326 million. The agreement gave authority over social mission and the independent board of Ben & Jerry's, Cohen said in an interview with MSNBC. Unilever has has usurped their authority and reverse the decision that was made and we can't allow that to happen we can't sit idly by uh that is essentially saying uh well the independent board does not matter uh he said greenfield said the social mission agreement uh lasts into perpetuity and that uh social mission agreement must be respected so they're like we have a uh it, it says here Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield, who founded the company in Vermont in 1978, uh, had a mission to advance human rights and dignity. Uh, They said they could no longer idly sit by. So the company's policy is to advance human rights and dignity of all people around the world. And uh, the uh, occupation of Palestine, they consider inconsistent with the values of our company. Uh... And so they don't want to sell ice cream. I mean, that makes sense. Like, we don't want to sell yeah. ice cream to a bunch of fucking uh, racists, right? No, 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 that's true. I think it <laughs> could also make the company look bad if they are. You know what I'm saying? I can understand that. It says here, the company's core values of advancing human rights and dignity support social and economic justice for historically marginalized communities. Uh, these are integral integral to Ben and Jerry's identity. Uh, without court intervention, the independence of Ben and Jerry's board directors will be lost, and the company's brand integrity will be sh- forever tarnished. Right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. That it's if they have an identity also, as a it, company, yeah. yeah, yeah, it goes against what they stand behind, and it, they shouldn't be forced to do that. Which they are in this situation. Yeah. They're being forced to sell their product to somebody they don't want to sell it to. But does yeah. this get into that's, like that's the weird. does this get into the gay cake? Um. Oh yeah, that's situation. True. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the argument could be said that uh, then then you're then, being uh, you're being anti-Semitic or something, right? That's what, and that's obvious. That would be the defense in this, wouldn't it? You're oh, yeah, being definitely. anti-Semitic for not selling ice cream to people who are literally murdering other people. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I, I, I think they shouldn't be forced uh, to have uh, making ice cream in Israel. Uh, also, I kind of uh, don't understand why they would be willing to buy that kind of ice cream when they know that it's against everything they. Because it's fucking delicious. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't tell them, Luke. I mean, it's not uh, my favorite ice cream, but I can understand. Like, it's it is really good. So, isn't Ben and Jerry's your favorite ice cream? Uh, no. I think I've said this. There's a local brand around here that oh, okay. is really good. Uh, Tillamook. Yeah, but that isn't local. Uh, Ben and Jerry's. I mean, I support them as a company. I think the the people. Uh, they, I do agree with their values. I do think that yeah, uh, the occupation of Palestine is bad, also, and I right. think as a company, they are more. Um, they seem to be more. Uh, they have values that go above and beyond profits. I think is the best way to put it. Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about my favorite uh, Republican. Uh, no, she's not. Uh, is she worse than Taylor Green? Uh, I think so because she she's more conventionally like acceptable. Like if you saw uh, yeah Taylor true. Green like uh, randomly like saying the shit that that she's saying, I don't think people would accept it as much because she's like she's. Right. Uh, She's young. She's conventionally like attractive. She uh, she she puts across the the air of being like uh, what's what's like standard like middle of the the middle of the pack American. Where Taylor uh-huh. Green, you look at her and you go, "Who is this crazy lady?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Lauren Borbert says humanity is at its last state and that Christians should rise up. Because that's what they need. They need to get their power behind someone. It's not like they, as last time they did that, Trump got in office or something. But yeah, no. Yeah, no, the Christians have never done anything when they rose up in the past. Eh, That was bad. (laughs) No. No, no, no. No. Don't, no. don't look at Germany. Don't look at Germany. Don't, don't. Spanish Inquisition, anybody? Um, <laughs> in a recent, in a recent speech, Lauren Boebert, during which she invoked the end times, said it's time for Christians to rise up, demonstrate Christian right. nationalist ideals, including some associated with violence. Uh, it's time for us to position ourselves to rise up and take our place in Christ. Take our place in Christ. In Christ. Yeah, because in Christ, yes, because uh, you have to have space inside of Christ. There isn't that much space left. I think so, she's suggesting yeah. that gay sex happen with Christ. <laughs> Take our place in Christ. Yep. I mean, is she saying uh, uh, inside well, of Christ? Inside it's Christ. That's important. what she said. All right. Yep. And, and yep. she says, "Take our place in Christ and influence this nation as we are called to do." <laughs> Yeah. She told a crowd of Christian at a Christian conference held by the Truth and Liberty Coalition, "We need to get back. We need God back at the center of our country." She added. She heavily quoted scripture in her speech, and she framed the formation of the U.S. as divinely inspired, and described the founding fathers and men of faith who were motivated by God. 
literally in our constitution <laughs> it's it's like defined it's almost like she doesn't care about the constitution or haven't fucking read it it's either or we know uh, that that we are in the last days uh, Bober yeah. said later in her speech but it's not time to complain about it it's time to get upset about it <laughs> get up stand up so don't complain but be upset so be quiet and upset I guess uh, it's time to know that we are called part of uh, time to know that we are that you sorry it's time to know that you were called to be part of the last days you yeah, get to you. have a role in ushering in the second coming of Jesus. This is some serious, like, end times cult leader shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, look, when I was a Christian, even though uh, I kind of uh, didn't understand it, one of my favorite book series of all time was uh, uh, The Last of Us. Not No, that's the... That's the, the video, video game. game. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Uh, not the last of us, but uh, yeah, the an, an end time uh, book uh, show book. Yeah, and that was uh, was filmed with Nicolas Cage. It was terribly badly done. I'm sure you remember it. If I could remember the title correctly, but uh, and the end times is is very like it's very important for Christians. That the end time is like coming. Without the end time, they don't really have anything else to clinch onto. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things where how many preachers and like cult leaders have predicted? Oh, this is when the end time's going to happen. And then as soon as like it doesn't happen, then they're able to just be like, "Well, what we prayed hard enough to stop that." You know what I'm saying? Like, there's always a way out. Like, it would have happened, but we prayed really hard, and so the end times yeah. didn't happen. But they are going to happen now on this date if we don't pray hard enough. And we also have to put in our 10%, you know, because tidings. I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses is very known for that. Like, having their, their statement of 1914, uh, Joseph Smith... Uh, that was the founder of the Mormons mm -hmm. who predicted the end time in his time that uh, didn't come. So, I mean, there's... You can't point to any religion uh, that haven't done a prediction when it comes to, like, the end time. Uh, experts on religion and politics told the Denver Post that Bober's remark could be interpreted as a call for violence. Uh, uh -huh. This is a quote. Now that the apocalypse is because we don't oh now the apocalypse is because we don't get our people in it's uh if we don't get our people in then it's an apocalypse uh anytime that a political that political rhetoric moves to an area where we are raising the stakes where it's ultimately um ultimate good versus ultimate evil that is when political violence becomes more likely and i think that yeah yeah that that, that is i mean yeah, just look at the history, like we said, look at the history of Christianity. <laughs> Whenever yeah, yeah. they, like, or any religion, not Christianity, and like any religion, you look at it and that, uh, once it gets to the, the point of, like, it's us versus them, that just leads to violence. And that's what, yeah, that's what she's pushing is an us versus them mentality. 
And people that think like the end time scenario is something like special for for Christians have not read any of like even northern mythology has an end time. So I mean not only that this concept in and of itself is actually racist. Because if right. you know, like, the true evangelical thoughts of, like, what the end times would entail, it entails yeah. killing off all the Jews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Left all the Jews have was... to... All, all the Jews have to return to the homeland, right? And then they all get right. killed off when Jesus returns so that all the Christians can move to uh, paradise or whatever, right? It's like this... Yeah. It it is an actual death cult Christianity when yeah like oh, definitely. not only in that sense of like the end times but like Jesus himself had to die for your sins right so he uh, in that sense Jesus uh, dying is part of the death cult you know it's it was a sa- yeah. it was a a human sacrifice it literally was a human yeah. sacrifice to them so yeah it's a death cult Christianity is a death uh, cult everybody. <laughs> Uh, left behind was the uh, uh, book. Books, yeah. You remember those awful, awful movies, don't you? The Left Behind movies. Was there more than one? Let me look it up. Yeah, the... there was one. There was one with Nicolas Cage. Uh, uh, that was the latest. And before there, then uh, there was like two that was made uh, uh, from the people that kind of made the books. And it was like two book, uh, two movies. One called Left Behind, and one called Tribulation Force. Left Behind the movie awful, awful. I'm seeing from 2000. It's, uh, it's got the, the banana guy. What's his name? The oh yeah yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser. Doogie, whatever his name is. Doogie but I, he's better known for being the guy who thinks. The bananas <laughs> didn't evolve at this point. <laughs> the banana guy, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I've never seen any of those movies, but I imagine when you were when you were Christian, you saw them probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I read all of them, and I found them very, very fascinating. And I also read them more or less like scripture, like, oh, this is going to happen at end time. I was very, very scared of the end time. Uh, when I was a Mormon, uh, that was one of the things that drove me from house to house was that I was scared that God wouldn't accept me as I am. That is, uh, uh, that was the fire and the inspiration of uh, for me to like go from door to door, and I think that uh, if I didn't have my like brain changed when it come came to that, I I would probably have done it to the this day. So you would have disagreed with uh, Ben and Jerry if uh, if you were still in... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, if I was a Christian. Right. Uh, but uh, then I could just... Uh, now I can just drive along the street and I can find myself some sex toys. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's a possibility <laughs> that you could just like find sex toys all over the road, uh, at least uh-huh. if you were in... Oklahoma City, a video of what appears to be sex toys and tubes of lube uh, spread across a freeway. The incident took place on I-40 near Mustang on the outskirts of Oklahoma City. A box truck and a semi-truck collided, leaving the the 
semi-truck overturned and the contents scattered all over the road. Nobody was injured in this situation, Fro, so it's all it's all good. <laughs> this is just a funny story. But a video shot from a helicopter by local news uh, reported to show a large number of boxes of phallic-shaped items spread across the highway. Uh, in, a f- in footage, uh, news reporter Jim Gardner, who was in a helicopter, said... This is a semi that overturned and lost its load. Uh, there's ah. a lot of there's a lot of stuff to clean up. <laughs> I bet there is a lot of stuff to clean up there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lube. Right. Uh, Twitter users saw the funny side uh, with one tweeting: "If you're a male in Oklahoma, you may want to take this opportunity and splash <laughs> on some brute and iron those Wranglers and hit." hit the town yeah. it might be a gaggle of lonely ladies popping up in certain places <laughs> the Oklahoma City Police Department and Oklahoma po- ha- Highway Patrol have not have been con- contacted for comment but have not uh, have not responded so they are being a little bit in Obama about that <laughs> <laughs> that was the best joke I could think of on the fly <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the footage is pretty good because like uh, l- the helicopter footage because they're like yeah. just filming it like any other normal like uh, traffic yeah. segment that you would see on the news, and they zoom in and he's like, uh, I'm not <laughs> sure what that is on the on the ground. They're kind of trying to avoid saying, oh, there's a bunch of sex toys all over. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. You can find it on Barstool Sports on Twitter if you want to see the video. Yeah, but don't it's, find it somewhere else because Barstool Sports is kind of terrible. But yeah, are they? Uh, yeah, the guy, the guy who runs Barstool Sports is kind of a douchebag. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, he is. Yeah. Uh, just cool. look at he. Uh, he's a, a bit of a sexual predator. Let's all just say that. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Dave Port 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 Portney Portnoy Portnoy Portnoy. Yeah. Sounds like yes. Sounds like a porn star name. Uh. Yeah. No. He's 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 not a great dude, as I'm to understand. But hey, I don't know. Maybe he's great. Maybe he's the best guy ever. But what I hear. Allegedly. What I hear <laughs> is he's not a very good guy. So. Allegedly. See. You have to say that behind every like statement like that, allegedly. Well, you know, yeah, according to yeah. reports. Yes, exactly. <laughs> according to reports, allegedly, yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you were super rich, uh, would you share? I'd have a quinceañera. <sighs> quinceañera. Which we'll talk about in the TV round, but Tron... <sighs> Is going to talk about other uh, super rich people, uh, which he believes they're the super rich are are still disgusting, as opposed to you know they weren't discuss they they yeah I think being there's something inherently wrong with being super rich right you have to have like <laughs> oh yeah yeah to be to be at the level of Jeff Bezos you have to have just accepted that you murdered some people right right yeah yeah. yeah. Hello, this is Tron, but Tron tells the truth. I love the library. The library here in Bergen, you can borrow everything. From music, the books, guitars, 
bass guitars and so on. When I was in Helsinki in July this year, I saw the National Library in Helsinki. And damn, what a fucking incredible piece of art. The, the structure was beautiful, and it contains everything. Books, movies, four floors with everything you can imagine with culture and so on. It was a basketball court outside. You can even borrow basketballs. Yeah, I'm not fucking kidding. In Bergen, we have libraries in every part of the town. Building libraries and having holding the library while the tent is a good thing. So why do I mention this? Well, in Norway, we have public libraries, but many other places in the world, the libraries didn't start as public. And especially in the United States, rich people wanted to impress other people. They wanted to give something back to society by building libraries, showing, and also one wanted people to get well educated, know things, be adventurous, discover things. But not anymore. Rich people today don't donate in that same official thing as they used to do. They have the whole charities and so on. But those charities are usually just to show off their fancy cars and themselves. Hey, look at me. I'm giving away some basic. Oh, look at me. I give something to the fucking poor. Or you pour down expensive wine and all kinds of fucking bullshit. Rich people today are selfish. Not all, but a lot of them. In Norway, one of the richest billionaires now was fleeing the country. He said, like, he would move to Switzerland. He said, like, Norway is not possible to live here anymore. Yeah. And the headlines in many newspapers were incredible. When this crisis in Europe is going on, the, the rich people are complaining. I cannot have more I had to cut down the wall in my swimming pool, or I had to sell some of my famous paintings. Yeah, according to millionaires and billionaires, Norway is a hellhole. They have good laws, you can make people from the bottom go up to the top. When they get to the top, they want to keep all the money to themselves. They don't even pay more taxes, they pay less taxes than the poor, but they think they entitled to be more rewarded since they have created... Oh, they're not... Oh no! They are job creators. And some people is going on with that rhetoric. They are going on and said like, yeah, it must be possible to be rich. You're just jealous. We cannot do this or, the, or all the money we go abroad. Even in Norway we start a debate now. So they're going to Switzerland. The shithole country who protected dictators, Nazis, all kinds of assholes and hiding their money for decades. But this problem is not only in Norway, France, Italy, and everywhere. Tax havens are not havens. They are crooked fucking states with no fucking moral whatsoever. They hide everything you, you want to know. Everything from you. money, information. If you are, oh fuck, I cannot even say this. This is greed level two. And we think it's okay. We don't mind it. And we blame the government because of <laughs> their greed. I have a low income job, 
more of my percentage go to, to taxes than the richest people in the country. And they are angry about me because I want to tax the heavy, the richest people to pay more taxes so we can get even. I don't create the jobs. I do the shit jobs to make those people get rich. Very fucking rich. Think about that next time. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. The rich are more disgusting than ever. Thank you. That was uh, Tron Telling the Truth. Thank you as always. Thank you, Tron. Uh, TV? TV round. TV. Yeah, TV. I, uh, TV. I saw Bob Hart's uh, this week. Bob Hart's Abashula. I just call it Bob uh, Hart's at too. this point. That's like my short name for it. Um, season three, episode one, right? Uh-huh. No, season four. Season three? Oh, is it season four? I think it's season think three, it's three, but I I wrote down season four for some reason, but Maybe I think it's, it's season three. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Let me look it up really quick just to make sure so we don't get this wrong. Uh, oh, season four. Yeah, number of seasons. Season- yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, this show is like one of those, like, Fro doesn't even like American sitcoms, and Fro likes the no. show, right? Yes. Uh, I wouldn't say I love it, but I like it as much as I humanly possible can do a sitcom. An American sitcom with, like, a laugh track, and, like, it's got, it's, it, yeah, it's, um... There's something endearing about it, and in this season... Oh, yes, yes. I mean, the whole thing has been about Bob, he is trying to find love, which he has at this point in the in the series, uh-huh. and him trying to, like, uh, just be happy in life after having a heart attack. That was, like, the whole premise of the show. And in this, he realizes, wait, am I just working myself to death? Like, is the reason right. I had a heart attack was I was working too hard in the first place? And, like, now that I have found love, do I want to, like, live, like, uh, live in a way where, like, I can feel that instead of having to like continuously be uh angry about my job and uh, my family and all this but the very first opening not opening scene but the scene where uh him and his mom and like his brother uh they're all having the business meeting and his mom is like well my bobby doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff he all he cares about (laughs) is the business and he's just sitting there going like oh my god is that me is that who i am like but he never says anything he like just you can see him internalizing it and then he just walks he just walks out of the meeting and uh that that part was like uh you know it's the build-up to the whole season that's like the that that's what this whole season is going to be about uh, yeah, and in that way, that's what's so good about the show is that, like it takes a concept yeah. and it builds the whole season around it. Instead of each episode being like about something different, it it has like uh-huh. a a cohesive storyline, which a lot of like American sitcoms don't do. Yeah, I think that's one of the best things about the show. Well, I'm going to talk about another uh, American sitcom that I saw this uh, week that is maybe one of the most meta things I have seen in quite a while. It's called Reboot. Right, okay. On Hulu. I saw this, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it has uh, Judy Gere and uh, Keegan-Michael Keane, Johnny Maxwell. It has a lot of good actors, and I liked it. Um, Not expecting the nudity... In the first episode, no. but that <laughs> happened. They were like, that, just that out of nowhere, happen. we got boobs. Yeah. I was like, 
it feels like a very American sitcom, like you were saying, and then all of a sudden, yeah. I guess because it's on Hulu, you can do nudity, where if it was on like a network television show, you wouldn't be able to do that. Um, but the nudity in this was done in a hilarious way, right? So like, funny. Yes, so extremely funny. But uh, yeah, it's about this... Uh, it's it's so meta, because it's about Hulu rebooting a 2000 family sitcom uh, that didn't exist. Uh, and the cast is, like, forced together and has to, t- to deal with each other. I I saw actually three episodes of this, and I really, really liked it. I think it's one of the most funny things I've seen this year, to be honest. I I bought the premise, I bought the, the acting. Uh, I, think, I think maybe the worst acting is from Johnny Knoxville, uh, but he's not really an actor. Well, he is at this point. I mean, he's done other movies, but, you know, he did a... Right. He did... I think the most recent movie that I can think of, that um, Adventure Park or something. Oh, yeah. Whatever that I was. I thinking of grab, Bad Grandpa and things like that. No, yeah. He did one that was, like, not even related to Jackass in any way. It was that one about the theme park where, you know, he was running the... It was right. based off of actual theme park here in America that, like, actually killed people and stuff. Uh, and he was good in that. I, I think as far as, like, sitcom acting, I, th- I thought he was fine oh. in this. I, if... If anything, I thought maybe the young kid was the worst part of it, but I do think oh, the me- the meta ness of this, where like yeah, the company that is doing the reboot is <laughs> yes. Hulu, it which is, is creating similar. the show yes. that is the show that is based off of a not a, yes. a not real show. It's like so. <laughs> it's like three levels of meta, right? And that's what I liked about it. It is, it is so meta that it gets a little like it, 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 it I think that's the funniest part about it and having to see like old like the old intro for example <laughs> to, to the TV show was like six uh, like uh, uh, every American sitcom you have ever watched ever it's just like it was so hilarious I like the, it... the whole thing with Keenan Michael Key where he's like obviously trying he wants to be some kind of serious actor but clearly yes. <laughs> he's never actually been a like quote unquote serious actor but he's trying to like maintain some kind of like a you know balance where he's like I I want to be a serious actor and you need to take me seriously but at the same time uh I've never been taken like that, there's a lot of nuance to the show that I think is really uh-huh. good yeah uh I would probably give it a I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'm going to be very, very surprising for you and say 8.5 as well. Really loved it. Really think it was one of the most hilarious things I've seen. In- yeah, I wouldn't put it in the same kind of sitcom category that I would Bob Hart's Abishula because no. it didn't oh, have no, like no. a laugh track and stuff. I would kind of put it in the same category as like a Always Sunny or like a something like right. that. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my dream quinceañera on Paramount Plus. Oh, gosh, you made me watch this. I didn't make you watch it. I just said that it existed. <laughs> I simply put it, put out the fact that this was in existence to you. Um, no, you made me watch it because you said, oh, it's a little like uh, Sweet Sixteen. Uh, and I loved Sweet Sixteen, and it's 
exactly like Sweet 16, just Mexican. Right, if you don't know, uh, a quinceanera is a coming-of-age, uh, you know, when the, going from 15 to 16. Uh, it, what's another tradition like a quinceanera? I guess a, a bar mitzvah. A bar mitzvah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are very similar but different cultures, right? But they it's a kind uh, of similar kind of party. for uh, And, like, My Sweet 16 is another kind of, you know, coming-of-age kind of thing this this is very it's very much the same and in this one you got a rich girl trying to become uh trying to get her part it's like also similar to those uh wedding shows what bridezilla those kind of things right. where like she, she wants everything to be perfect right yeah right this girl should have a beating and not say <laughs> The interesting part that I found about the way they the set up the show is that uh, in, in in Sweet Sixteen each episode was one uh, party, and then at the right. end you have the finale of the party, and then in the next episode you move on to the next party. But in this one you didn't. You didn't finish the party at the end of episode one. It actually goes into episode two, and then you start a new party. And so they kind of set it up in a way where there's a cliffhanger ending to each episode. Right. Which is weird. <laughs> it, I don't think it, it actually kind of pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, yeah. why are you doing it? Like, you think this is tricky? You think you're tricking me right now? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I... Uh... You you remember when I talked a little about like Monarch yesterday? Well, last, last week, week where yeah. where I, yeah, about how much I I love to hate things like this. Mm -hmm. This is this is over the top hate for me. Like, I I can't I can't even begin to like the characters in this show because none, absolutely nobody is likable, uh, and. Uh, I also think that uh, like having kind of a cliffhanger ending was extremely weird. It, like extremely, extremely weird. <laughs> the worst part about this is like the weird text message sections where nobody's talking. They oh, just yeah. have music, and then like it's just text messages, and you have bing, to read bing. it, and it's like bing, yeah. bing, bing, and it's just her yeah. sitting on like a pool, <laughs> like a pool chair, like a, a you know a lying lay down pool chair, uh, and she's just sitting there like looking at her phone, and that's all you see. Um, but I, re the reason that the, that's like that actually is because this is made by, uh, Awesomeness TV. Do you know okay. who Awesomeness TV is? No. They did the next influencer on YouTube. Oh gosh. Ugh. Uh, they also did the Hype House show, I think. Um. Oh my God, even worse. <laughs> and they also did the inf instant influencer with James Charles on right. Awesomeness TV. Okay. It created all these terrible reality shows. Yeah, they, also, they, they, they also created they, this one. They should be in, uh, extradited to Swalbard. Uh, naked and <laughs> meat on them so the polar bears can get up. Yeah, they've done a lot of but bad, yeah, no, bad stuff. Yeah, I am going to give this... Uh, Amazingly uh, good show, uh, Zero. I just thought it was one of the worst things I have ever seen. Uh, I'll give it a one. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
let's talk about Best in Doe, I guess, since we are on reality shows. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, this is a competition pro- program from Hulu where it follows people uh, that are trying to win uh, $10,000 uh, making pizza. In the two episodes I've seen, I've uh, just seen two, I think there's three out. Uh, the first one is like Grandma uh, making it. The second Italian one is gra- grandmother specifically. Yes. Yeah. And the second one is Food Influencers. I, I thought... The first one was actually more interesting than than the second. Me too. Uh, the host is the host is totally okay. Uh, Wells Adams. He, I... He's apparently a he was a contestant in uh, Bachelorette. That's what he's right, famous for. And I for. don't remember him. And he's married to uh, one of the uh, cast of Modern Family. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, a pizza-making show. I'm not sure what you want me to say other than that. It's not convoluted. It's not even, like... It's semi-interesting. Uh, if you're Italian... Yeah. You might get some pride out of the show, because at least in the first episode especially, they, like, really try to, like, tie right. pizza to Italy and, like, the Italy, yes. different... Uh, types of pizza because in, in you know, there's different regions of Italy that have different styles of, you know, the focaccia mm. pizza and the uh, and the more Mediterranean pizza and you know there's different styles of Italian pizza. Um, the next have you seen the third episode? No, I only saw two. Okay. I mean, it's not something that I think I would watch more of just because the concept is so like, um, it's very bland. Which is funny because it's a show about pizza, but yes, it's very like once you've seen one episode, you've seen every episode. Yeah. Other than that, I thought it was a very big downhill from episode one to two. Well, I I, thought, I really had problems with episode two. The one, of, the one old lady yeah. in episode one was so fucking entertaining that how yeah, you she was. how yeah. do you go past that lady? She was <laughs> right. she's like yeah. I'm gonna fucking slap you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm I'm going to make my kind of pizza. You eat it. You say nothing, and and the host goes like, yeah. I'm going to vote for you because I'm too scared. <laughs> and then they're, they get done, and she's like, "Okay, where's the wine? Bring on! Come on, bring on the wine!" <laughs> like you couldn't have any more. No. Enter- like that was like almost accidental entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was amazing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the show itself is like any other like cooking reality show. You know what I mean? Just with pizza. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. It did make I mean, me want to eat pizza, and if that's what its yeah. goal was, then um, I then call me a Ninja Turtle. So um, <laughs> I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a five point five actually. Okay. Your turn. Oh, it is. Uh, let's do Vampire Academy on Peacock. <sighs> you mean the uh, Harry Potter? It's a Harry Potter with vampires, and I guess also a little bit Twilight, but also a little bit like <laughs> some kind of because th- there's all this stuff talk about like royalty and like who the queen is, and like it it strangely has like a class war element yeah. to it, where like there's the one level there's like okay the show is about vampires in, who live in like some kind of secret universe. 
which is very Harry Potter-esque because they all live like in a giant castle, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's the evil vampires who live outside the castle that they have to defend themselves against. But in this world, there's like the upper class vampires who get to do whatever they want. And then there's the lower class vampires who either are defend, like they defend the upper class vampires or they're like evil demon vampire people, right? <sighs> there's like all these different, it, it it's almost racist. It, it is somewhat also convoluted. Yeah, I, I is this it's based off of um a a book series, series. A, a series um yeah book series yeah uh it feels like it's you know it's teen uh vampire diaries very young extremely young very young it, and it's got a lot of the characters yeah. or a lot of the actor that we've seen in other yaw shows recently uh-huh. um. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's glor- it also glorifies like I don't know, just s- the separation of classes and like being a princess. Yeah. So like I think even last week we were talking about like the concept of like uh, because you're in one family, you should you, it makes you like better than other people, like uh, in, in the monarchy and things like that. It's kind of right. it's got that mentality. Uh, I didn't like that about it at all. That it's like selling that to young young people. I guess uh, I'll give it a, th- a two point five. Uh, I think I will give it a three. Yeah, it's 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 not good enough to get a four. So it's it's just stupid. That's 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 it. Well, let's talk about another show that is similar, question mark? The Brave Ones on Netflix. I didn't see this. I was going to watch it last night. I didn't get to it. Well, it also feels extremely yaw. (coughs) Is it animated? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, It's about this young woman that gets... uh, uh, we are incarnated into by this god goddess that has a lot of uh, powers, mm-hmm. and she uses those powers to avenge her sister's death and protect her family. That's more or less like what the show is about. All right. uh, I I saw two episodes and I'm out. I'm I I think it was. Uh, on on the same level as as uh, Vampire Academy, um, yeah, Netflix. It's it's extremely, it it feels extremely yeah. Uh, I I don't know if it's based on any books, but it felt like yeah. Uh, it's a it felt like uh, equivalent to the Peacock show. So I I can't give it any more than three point five maybe. I think it's a little bit better than Vampire Academy, but uh, not by a long shot. I think Yaw shows are going to be in a year that that we're going to feel the same about them as at least I have about superhero and Marvel movies. Right. Like uh, a few years ago. Yeah. It just there. The oversaturation is getting kind of ridiculous at this point, and they all they're all the same thing, right? That's just in like a different yeah. different uh, setting or different characters. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, something that I was looking forward to. I, it was my number one. It was of uh, things I wanted to see for the the fall 
uh, sweeps Last Light uh, with Matthew yeah, Fox. I saw, I saw this last week, waited because I wanted to hear what you thought about it, so you go. Uh, I'm going to read the description. Your family, your world, what if all disappeared tomorrow? <laughs> if society were collapsing, how far would you go to save the ones you love? Um... I feel like the biggest problem I had with this is, like, the advertising for it versus the show that was produced. Yes. <laughs> because it's two different fucking shows. Like, the way they're promoting it is, like, it's the end of the world. There's, like, an, the, yep. there's ec economic and collapse due to um, shortage of uh, energy supplies. Power. Yeah. And, and it... it, it, it I, I was going into this thinking it was going to be kind of like a end of the world type movie, like a 2012 kind of thing or something like that. But it's like a mm -hmm. procedural uh, political drama. <laughs> it is. Which is not what yeah. I wanted from the show. And it comes yeah. off very like um, ham fisted of like being politically biased towards like uh -huh. uh, Western countries, especially, I guess. Oh, definitely. Um, it's got 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, so we're not in the minority <laughs> we're here. Not, we're not the only one that did like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think my biggest like complaint is that Matthew Fox can act. What the fuck is he doing in this show? Like, I loved him. Uh, his acting is, is superb in, in, in Lost. Uh, here, no pun attended. I feel like he gets lost. Yeah, well, I mean, he hasn't... I can't even think of what he's been in since Lost, though, you know what I mean? And that was so right. many years ago. Um, 20 years ago? Uh, it just seems like the concept... Like, from the, the promotion of it, at least, it seems like they had one idea of what they wanted it to be, but in uh -huh. execution, it became something different. Or either that, I, or... Yeah. They created it, and then we're like, this is not... We can't sell it as this. We have to sell it as something right. else. Which then, it, that's just disingenuous. So either way yeah. you look at it, it's like... The problem was not necessarily the show itself, because I can see, like, there's some decent uh, production value in it. The oh, problem yeah. is, like, they promoted it as one thing, and it isn't that. It's something completely different. That was my biggest problem with it. Um... And that is fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is also a big problem. So I'd give especially it a... episode, especially episode one. There's so much talking. Yeah, and and like, but not in like an exciting way where it's like because you would think, oh, it's talking about the end of the world. It's like mm -hmm. in a very like dry, uh, like I said, procedural crime drama kind of way. Yeah. I give it a 3.5. I give it a 2.5. Okay. I thought a lot of the camera work and stuff was still very good. I mean, like, that, that, the production value was still high, so. Right. I only have one, one show left, if you have anything. Uh, I have two shows left, but go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Quantum Leap. Uh, oh, I know the there's show. something else you saw. But yeah. Oh, okay. The Norwegian show. That, uh, 
that I don't oh, yeah, want to yeah. that I don't want to say the name of. So I'm going to let you do that first, and then we can talk about Quantum Leap because I don't want to be I don't want to butcher the name of the show. So you. <laughs> no, no, you go to say it. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, that's okay. The Larosgungog disappearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Close, close enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, should we talk about that first? Or yeah, what? let's talk about that first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... it's a Norwegian disappearance show. This is based on a true story. Oh, it is. Okay. I, the whole time I was yeah. like, this seems like it, because when they cut back to like the uh, interview bits in between like yeah. um, different uh, investigation parts, it, I was like, this seems like it must be based on a true story. Okay. It is. It felt a little bit British to me. Did it yeah. feel? Yeah. Yeah. Not in a bad way, though. No, I thought like the I really liked the mystery aspect of it. I thought the main actress amazing in this. Yeah, um, she's really good. Is she a famous Norwegian actress or uh, not really? No, she's kind of like uh, she had her breakthrough uh, with the show. I would say. Oh, okay. Because she, I, I don't know. Just watching it, I'm like, she must be. I, I, for some reason, just watching it, I'm like, oh, she must be, have been like a child. She must have been around forever. This lady is like a pro. Right. But it, she's really good. She's just really good. Um, yeah. The show itself, like I said, it feels a little British, maybe even almost American kind of crime drama comparatively to some mm -hmm. of the Nor other Norwegian shows I've seen. Um, yeah. It takes itself very seriously, but I guess if it's based on a true story, like you kind of have to, right? Yeah, have to, yeah. Uh, what is maybe a little bit weird is that this investigation isn't over, and uh, and uh, oh, really? the court case is not over. Yeah, yeah. The, there hasn't been a court case and things like that. They're, so they made a show before the investigation was so, uh, is over, and that's kind of like I feel as someone that lives in Norway and have followed this case pretty tight because it's one of the biggest cases in in Norway when someone like all of a sudden disappear from out of nowhere and Bitcoin uh, uh, is involved there has been like pages up and down and uh, up and down and up and down about this case so it felt a little like fresh in my mind when I watched this show but I that kind of helped my interest in it so I continued like watching it because I I also think that uh, the main villain <laughs> and I'm saying that with kind of like I who knows if he's a villain or not is also extremely good acting uh, so there there's yeah there's there's part of the show that I really really loved as a Norwegian I'm, I'm curious what you thought well now that I know that like the like it hasn't concluded in real life it makes me go is mm -hmm. there something like uh like villainizing the people that you're villainizing in it that could could or could not be actual villains like what if they what? aren't is there something morally uh wrong with that like villainizing somebody who may or may not actually be a villain yeah hmm i didn't yeah. I'm, I'm just now thinking about that and going like that's a little weird <laughs> uh, I mean, we all have thought. I mean, 
when people are talking about this, we all agree that he did it. Okay, right. Like, like there, there's not like this a, is like an Epstein any, situation. Like, uh, right. Everybody agrees that he didn't kill him. That kind of thing. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Uh, I thought the show itself, like like I said, I think the acting was amazing. Felt a little British, camera work wise. It felt very BBC, but uh, and it felt a little mm, standard um, mm, crime drama. But the story itself was really good. I, I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a six as well. Uh, I I do think that it's it's more than watchable. All right, now let's talk about Quantum Leap. Um. Do you have to? I didn't... I thought it was okay, to be honest. Really? Okay. I mean, as far as, like, reboots go, I've seen worse reboots in the last few years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Than no, no, Quantum as League. reboots... As reboots do, I think it's it's pretty okay. I... That was hilarious think... in in reboot the show we just talked about where where right. they're sitting there and they start uh, they're in the board meeting and they start naming off all the like magnum pi and all, like all the re yeah. he's like that was Have, has anybody done a reboot lately and they start naming right. off. he's like okay well now i feel a little better about it um <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i that has absolutely no connection to uh, the 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 old show. I haven't seen one single episode of of the original Quantum Leap. I knew kind of what I was going into. I mean, I have heard of the old show, and I I'm I'm sure I've seen like bits and pieces. I just never have seen a, a full show. Okay. I think I think my main problem is uh, the memory thing. Uh, that he all all of a sudden like had no had memory loss, and also I had problems with the ending where where she finds uh, like the the note from him. The yeah, the memory memory me. loss thing is the weird part because that doesn't yeah. collate in, at, at all with the original. They do like connect the original to the show in that the technology they're using. They say was developed by, um, the like the guy from the uh, the original series, um, uh -huh. and then they say, oh well, he disappeared. Uh, Sam Beckett disappeared, and we never saw him again. And that we got rid of that technology, but then we brought it back in this secret program in two thousand twenty twenty two. Um, the memory loss part doesn't make any like, it's only there so that the love story can exist yeah and that's kind of my biggest problem with it it just felt it's just convenient very, so that you yeah, can have like because they already apropos. in the beginning of the show the two main characters are at an engagement party and i guess the interesting part is the mystery of like why did he send himself back in time because even in the in the video he sent her he's like i can't tell you why like that that's also really annoying that that convenient like why didn't he just fucking say it in the video right yeah yeah um that's really annoying yeah and that's filled with the memory thing is also like plus it's very standard american tv as far as like filming acting everything else is very like on in the very middle like a 5 um 
but the like the the storyline itself is broken, so I can't go above a five at the same time. So I'm gonna go with a four. Yeah, I'm at a three point five, so I'm not that far behind you. Which is weird because I'm still entertained by it, but the quality mm -hmm. is low. So another thing we saw this week: the Sandman episode seven. Uh, uh, the sad man, as I am going to call it. Chapter 7, The Dollhouse. Lucine, Lucine comes to Morpheus with disturbing news. Rose Walker goes in search of family. Admirers of Corinthian's work scheme to get his attention. Okay. This was a super confusing episode if you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I feel like they, this episode, like... They completely lost the plot of, like, where the show was going. But it, I guess if you know where the show's going... Like, it seems like they made it for people who who know the original source material, but yeah. didn't make it for anybody else. Um, yeah. I would be so confused. That's kind of why I call it the sad man, because I I felt kind of sad, because it's, it's a very good part of the book, and I had very much, like... Um, um, hi. I, I, I like this episode much more because of what I know is going to happen. But since you don't know it, it's kind of like, fuck. They don't like explain. They don't explain enough, like why we're in this part of the the story now. Because right. last episode had nothing. The last two episodes had nothing to do with this. And the previous episodes before that somewhat did, but not in, in connected enough to like not we, enough. We just got five new characters, maybe even more right. in this episode, and we're in episode seven of ten of the series, and we're yeah. adding new characters that are coming out of nowhere, and all of a sudden are super important to the story. And it's like, what is yeah. what am I what am I doing here? What is this? Why do I need like? What does this have to do with the episode one? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I felt uh, let down that uh, it kind of uh, doesn't explain enough. I I kind of... I, I know that you will have more pleasure of it when you kind of have seen more episodes, but who the fuck cares? Like, you're, well, you're if supposed we to were, binge this. I, right, if I wasn't watching this with you... When I got to yeah. this part, I would be like, what the fuck is this? I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and, and that's why I got a little sad. Uh, this is going to be the lowest I give this show. I'm going to give it a five. I give it a four. So, yeah, I think... But I, I, I can see why... I mean, I'm going to be more confused than you, because, you, like I said, you, you have a concept of what... what mm -hmm they're going for but that's right. the problem is like uh if you don't know what the ending is like yeah there's yeah. no the cohesiveness the flow of the show was ruined in mm -hmm. this episode yeah i agree and i i think that you will uh not like a next episode and maybe like the last episode that's that's my prediction we'll see i mean i can't imagine them uh, get doing a second season, but it feels like they're trying to set up for a second season already. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, cool. Some TV news. Uh, the Kardashians news actually. 
Uh, Ray J says that Chris Jenner made him and Kim film a second sex tape and she watched them. And not only did she watch them, she, uh, Chris Jenner apparently, according to him, allegedly, uh, approved which one was going to be the one that was, uh, you know, actually sent out to the public, right? So she was like the arbiter of which one was, uh, I th- it, well, let's, let me see if I can find the thing here. It says, Ray J claims that Chris Jenner reach, watched multiple different versions of the 2007 sex tape with Kim Kardashian so that she could choose the one in which her daughter looked the best. Uh, Ray J, uh, spoke uh, again about the sex tape after Jenner said that she did not help uh, release a tape while uh, sitting for a lie detector with uh, James Corden on the Late Late Show. Um, Did you see any clips from this? No, I didn't. Uh, Did she fail? Uh, No. I mean, it was clearly like one of those fake lie detector people like you see on YouTube. Remember when uh, James Charles took a lie detector? I think it was the same guy. Yeah, I think that same guy is the one that did this uh, lie detector. Um, Ray J even put out receipts of like this guy has videos on YouTube. The guy who is doing the lie detector has videos of how to um, how to beat the lie detector test. He has videos on YouTube okay. of him showing you how to do that. He also has no credentials as somebody like he's not licensed to do this. So, uh, mm-hmm. but. Ray J came out with a 44-minute-long Instagram video. Uh, he said again, he, Jenner, and Kardashian collaborated to release the tape that prevailed Kardashian and her family into the public eye, showing a purported contract. So he even showed receipts of the contract signed with Vivid Entertainment. Wow. He said it was used to negotiate the day- deal. One document he showed identified three deliverables to Vivid Entertainment titled Tape 1, Cabo Intro, Tape mm. 2, Cabo Sex, and Tape 3, Santa Barbara Sex. And um, this all started with their new, the Kardashians' newest show when there was the episode 2, I think, where mm. Kanye suppo- purportedly brought back the, th- the second sex tape, which would be in this Tape 3, Santa Barbara Sex. Um, but according to Ray J, he never had, uh, uh, he never had that. Uh, Chris Jenner had that the whole time. He gave uh, Kanye text messages uh, and some of the documentation from like the deal that they made with Vivid Entertainment. Um, and so that whole scene in that show was completely fake. Mm. Remember the whole thing with her suing Roblox as well? I do remember that. Yeah. It's all based off of lies. Hmm. <laughs> All of it was a lie. Not only was all of it a lie, a lot of, like, things going back in time, when you look at, like, how the Kardashians treated the sex tape situation, the one Mm. real reason that Ray J is having a problem um, with this is that uh, they're putting him in a light where they're trying to portray him as that he leaked the tape, which shows him as, Mm. like, a very bad person not only that mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems he had in the sh- in the new kardashian show kim said in it uh oh well 
talking about the third tape, I, I saying that like I don't think it's out there. They said I don't think there's a third tape, but if there is, maybe it was him putting something in in my butt while I was asleep, uh, basically accusing Ray J of sexual assault. Right. Yeah. Uh, which right that is that is actual defamation. Mm-hmm. Right. So he now Reggie is is saying he's going to sue them and sue Hulu, and uh, for defamation. Which in this case, if that's true, is a hundred percent justified. You can't, you can't, yeah, have, no. you can't do that. <laughs> um, I agree. I never said I would. Uh, I never thought I would say this sentence, but I support Ray J here. I mean, the thing about <laughs> it is, like, if if the, if it was illegally put out, if it was leaked illegally. Um, and mm. she didn't sign off on it with Vivid Entertainment, which we know she did because he released the contract. Um, and we know that her name's on the contract that he signed. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if, if it was illegal and leaked and that she w- didn't want it... I mean, I, I think now she does not want it out there. But what? originally, this is what built her career. The, nobody oh, really knew who Kim Kardashian was until this tape, so I agree. There is a manipulative uh, thing here where they did this on purpose, and now they're trying to ruin somebody's life because they don't they mm-hmm. they realize oh this is going to come back to haunt us, um, and they're trying to kind of delete the thing off the internet because what I'm to understand is th- uh, there was a clip that came out. Uh, with Steve Hirsch. This is the guy who owns Vivid Entertainment, and he said that the Kardashians are now trying to buy the rights to the to to their uh, f- footage. That way, uh, th- and and in the text messages, because Ray J also showed text messages between him and Kim. I don't know if you saw that part, but in those no. text messages, Kim says she she's trying to get it deleted off the internet. Um, mm. which right now, like I said, if it was illegal and leaked and was like, that would be considered against, um, revenge porn laws here in America. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And so it wouldn't be anywhere on the internet because it would be considered revenge porn. And she's so powerful. She would be able to get it, it taken down, but it's, it's on Pornhub. You can literally go, you know, for free. Uh, so that mm. shows that, um, she signed off on it there that it wasn't leaked. And that also shows that them saying these things about Ray J, uh, are, are defamatory, but not only that, that they've been lying for a long time about this, right? Like a long time, right? Like 15 years. Years and years. yeah. Yeah. And so that brings us to this, which I found, uh, on the it's this is on the Oprah Winfrey Network YouTube channel, bro. Mm. Uh, so go to this video. Uh, this is Kim in an interview with Oprah talking about the sex tape, and you got to put into context now that we know that she released it and she knew she was releasing it. Uh, put that into context and see how what what's manipulative and kind of uh, two faced it was. Uh, for her to say the things she did in this interview. So go ahead and give me a countdown. In three, two, one, play. Nice music. Oprah, next chapter. So this is from June 18th, 2012. But it was a 2003 interview. 
You know, I think that's how I was definitely introduced to the world. So I like to think that I'm, you know, aware. I'm not naive to that fact that that's pretty much how I was introduced to the world. It was a negative way. So I felt like I really had to work ten times harder to get people to see the real me. Um, Did you feel betrayed? But she put it out, remember. I felt humiliated. I felt like... You know there are people who say that you put it out yourself. There you go, Oprah. Yeah, and, you know, I think why would anyone put that humiliation on their family? I don't know. Yeah. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who would be crazy enough to do that? The fact that everything that our family does is a reflection on the other people. I mean, I'm, I've always been concerned about the family, humiliating the fam family, and that's what I did. You know, and that's something that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of oh, yeah. my but life. But her mom okay. is the one who arbit arbitrated the deal between Vivid Entertainment and, the, you know, and them for the sex tape. Yeah. Her mother, the family. <laughs> so I think I was more... And you're most glad you didn't have to explain it to... My father. I don't know what I would have done. I mean, it's just... Is It's so gross look, watching this now. Like, yeah. it's so weird. I... I don't know, but I, I do know that it's again something that I would mm. take back, you know, had I, you know, obviously, and it's something that I, I've even But you had to, the kind of mother that you could yeah. and say, help me. I didn't yeah, her mother mom. really helped her, if you know what I mean. You know, I get in panic mode at first, so I'm like, do something! She did Mom, do something. Mom, do something! She knows how to calm <laughs> She knows She how was to, like, okay. You know. I know what to do. Get we'll pick this tape instead of the I other think, tape. You know, I always try and take the lesson from it. And you were saying something. Uh, you, you said something earlier that the failed marriage taught. Okay, you so we can much. we can stop okay, there. Yeah, at, at this point, enough. she starts to like. Con uh, uh, in the, in the interview, she starts to like. Uh, she ha she was getting divorced at the time from one of mm. one of her marriages. And uh, people were upset about that or whatever. And she starts being like, connecting the two, like, uh, her getting divorced was just as big of a scandal as the sex tape was. Um, and she goes into very po political mode in this interview. But it's just so crazy to look at that now. Like, the level of manipulation... Uh the public manipulation you, that they were doing to like become famous is so it's so crazy it's machiavellian you know what i mean yeah holy crap yeah. it's like holy crap it's so it's yeah. mind-blowing yeah no i agree and there's something there's something in in that she lies from the beginning that makes me even more angry because of women that has had revenge porn and things like that uh, leaked on them. And when, when you watch and she, that and when you watch that and, interview, she never like directly says it. She says like I was right. embarrassed or you know like right. she doesn't ever say like uh, that directly, but when it came to like the show and then her saying the stuff about mm, being assaulted, that's when I think it crossed the line for sure for yeah. Ray J. And he even said in, in the video, the Instagram video, <clears throat> excuse me, 
that, um, you know, he, you know, Raycon, like the earbuds? Mm hmm. Ray J owns Raycon. That Ray is, mm -hmm. is Ray J. Uh, he had to go to the board of his company and explain to them after that episode came out, like, this is what actually, because, like, that, that actually proves damages of defamation if he was able to show that, um, his company was questioning whether or not he should stay on the board of his own company, uh, because of these allegations, right? So, yeah. And the whole thing is pretty crazy. Well, what is also pretty crazy is this, uh, chess scandal that we started talking about last week. Mm -hmm. uh, it has, uh, definitely had, um, fire on the chessboard. Uh, yeah, so, where do we start with this? We talk, well, I mean, we talked about it last week, so we've already kind of started. Um, but now they, the two of them had another, I, I, I was going to say they had a match, but they didn't really have a match, right? <laughs> right. They def definitely didn't, because uh, Magnus Carlsen just signed on move one against Nyman as a protest. All right, we want to watch the video of that? What do you think? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Um, go ahead and give me a countdown. This is... I mean, they were playing online, right? So they're both yes. at home, it looks like, or something. And we have an announcer here who's watching uh, the match uh, as as it's going on. So give me a countdown. In three, two, one, go. But it's nothing so... So they just starting the game now. A 2700 mm -hmm. talented kid in the rise couldn't produce... Uh, we just have a pawn a move. Nyman, it was a very, very good game. It was probably a night move and a second pawn move. But is it an obvious proof of cheating? Definitely not. I don't think he cheated in the Singfield Cup. But and there goes Magnus. He's out. Sorry, I just have to interrupt you uh, because the game started. Um, and Magnus has logged off. What has happened? <laughs> what has happened? Like, Magnus we're being paid to be lost. here? I, I, I woke up this morning to... Yes. Uh, at least that's what so it says in our transmission. Name one move every side. Yes. It looks that way. Wow. So uh, that wasn't a protest. I, I mean, I assume... Has, yeah. Has Carlson come out and said anything nope. about... Okay, that's what I was to understand. Yeah. He's been very, very, very quiet. Um, but like we said last week, this is all stemming off of people think that this guy was using some kind of cheating cheating mechanism to go against him. I think the one video I sent you, or no, what was the video you sent me with um, uh, the the Twitch former Twitch streamer who's now over at YouTube? What's his name? Yeah, Ludwig. Ludwig. He said that. This guy was able to counter an attack uh, that Magnus did and said that, oh, well, I studied that move and I knew he was going to do it. Right. But people went back and, and found out that, that uh, Magnus has never used that attack. And so it's yeah. like, well, how would you know he was going to do it if he's never... Right. You studied what? What did you study? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, the anal thing is is still a very big rumor. Right, but I, I, some people, uh, from what I've seen, a lot of people are saying that that's totally not true. Uh, that right, but because apparently there were like literal metal detectors and stuff when you went in there. But I guess you could make 
one out of like all plastic, right? Do you know what is not plastic but uh, uh, even is fantastic? What's that? Audible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are having an end of summer sale where all of the titles on Audible is up to 85% off. Uh, Fro did definitely not buy three books this week. <laughs> that is not, not what he did. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, have titles uh, like down to like uh, seven, eight dollars that originally like cost thirty. Uh, but yeah, you have to be a member of Audible to buy on that sale. Uh, so you should go to audibletrial.com/adc. That's another no. That's audibletrial.com/adc, and you can get a thirty-day free trial. Uh, one. Uh, credit. Uh, I have three that I need to use soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can cancel it. You will not cancel it because Audible is the best. But uh, if you do, you still get to keep the book and also you can buy things on sale when they have like sales like now. So do that. Movie news. Apple may give Will Smith's Emancipation a 2022 release and awards campaign. Uh, they're reconsidering the film's push to 2023 after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Uh, the New York Times reports a highly publicized altercation between the actor and uh, Chris, comedian Chris Rock has ignited an internal debate at Apple as executives reconsider delaying the release of Smith's next award season hopeful an upcoming civil war drama called Emancipation, which the studio has paid $120 million to acquire in 2020. Jesus Christ. Apple pushed the film's release to 2023 in May, following the public fallout of uh, after Smith's, the Smith's slap. Three people involved with the film speaking anon anonymously with the Times said that Apple staffers had discussed releasing Emancipation by the end of the year within the win window of eligibility for uh, awards consideration. Um, yeah, no, that's too fucking fresh. Uh, isn't he if, banned if they, from the Oscars they, anyways? Like, he can't yeah, win yeah. an award. I guess the movie could win an award still, right? But yeah, he, he oh, can't and, win. And he could... Well, he could win, but he's not allowed to be there. Right. He can't, right, accept the award. Right, okay. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, that's way too, way too fresh to do that just one year after. You can't do that. Yeah, but they're like, we spent $120 million. $120 million? What are we, we, we can't not put the movie out. It's $120 million. Yeah, no... That's exactly what they. <laughs> that's what the, that's do. what they're doing it over at Apple right now. That's mm. the that's the the board meeting that's happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's way too fresh, and and I think I think uh, the Oscar people are aware of that it's being too fresh, and uh, just being one year after it happened. Next year, yes. This year, no. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, well, it's a civil war drama. I don't think it's time sensitive stuff they're dealing with. So right. Speaking of time sensitive, uh, Grand Theft Auto Six. Uh, Holy moly! Leaked yeah. footage, more than ninety 
videos and images of the long-awaited Grand Theft Auto 6 were leaked online over the weekend in one of the biggest confidential data breaches in gaming history. The footage was posted to a GTA forum website by a user going by the name of TeapotTuberHacker. Mm -hmm. Teapot Tuber Hacker, who claims to have access to ha by hacking Rockstore's internal Slack feed and then gaining access to it, uh, the servers, the animation. It shows animation tests, la level layouts, gameplay tests, some fully voiced conversations between characters and footage showing a female protagonist in a modern-day Vice City, also the setting of 2002 Grand Theft Auto Vice City. The original post has been taken down, but not before the images and videos uh, went all across social media, obviously. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You, once it's on the internet, you, you're not going to get rid of it. The Barbara Star sound effect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Kardashian, maybe look that up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a friend of Kim Kardashian, I would say look up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing about if people don't know, Grand Theft Auto Five has was like the one of the biggest game selling games ever, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this has been a very anticipated for years and years because GTA Five came out so many years ago. Uh, it says here 2013, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, so almost ten. Yeah, years, no, I, I think this is. Uh, I think this is the biggest game release since. Uh, Cyberpunk 2022, and that went so well. Oh, it didn't. Oh, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's people being happy about this and also upset. Obviously, the stuff that was released is not, like, the finished game. It's, like, right. still beta stuff that they're... That... It, it, it looks awful. So some people are like, oh, my God this is going to be terrible, whatever this is that, but it's like, it's not even, right. you're not seeing the actual game. So it's right. silly to get mad about that kind of thing. But, uh, I agree. It, it, I think it's interesting just in the sense that, um, now we know that it is actually coming out. And, uh, mm -hmm. I don't think people should, uh, get mad about pre stuff. I, I, the leak is interesting. I guess the person was, trying to extort them for money or something money, like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. so. yeah. Yeah. That's not a good thing. Uh, movie round. I've seen two movies this week. One with you and one alone. I saw two movies also. Uh, so let's do the movies we didn't see together. I saw Vengeance this week. <laughs> yes. Did, did you see Vengeance this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, did you? Yes. Is that the one other movie you saw? Well, it <laughs> it just came out on Peacock, I think, and so... It but, did. But yeah. it was released... Uh, <laughs> in 2000... Oh, in July. <laughs> it was released at the end of July. This is a BJ yeah. Novak... Uh, I think it was written and directed by him, I want to say. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. It's a comedy, I guess? It's about a murder... It's a murder mystery comedy, it's right? It's a murder mystery comedy. It's baked in a murder mystery. But I, I thought it was funny. I laughed. Yeah, I I enjoy And the ending, I thought, was amazing. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the ending was very good. It's got a... What? BJ Novak, obviously. Ashton Kutcher's in it. Um, mm -hmm. Anne uh, Hutchinson? Dave, uh, Dove Cameron... 
who else is in it that I'm not thinking of right now? Oh, John Mayer? Uh, John Mayer, yeah. I think Ashton Kutcher, his character was very interesting, but you don't see him a whole lot in, in, in the movie. Um, no, I, I actually wish that he was more there, to be honest. I really like the experimental nature of this sh- this movie, though. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna give it a. Jeez, see, I want to give it like a nine. I want to give it. I'm gonna give it a nine. Cool. I am going to give it a. It's between. It's very between seven point five or eight for me. I think I will go with eight. Okay, yeah, this is very experimental, so it's a little hard to, like, judge it based on other movies, because I can't really compare this to any other movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, it was definitely better than the other movie that we saw this week. Uh, Do Revenge. So we saw Vengeance was one of the movies we call, and then Mm -hmm. Do Revenge was the other movie we saw. That's a little... I didn't even think about that till just now. That has very good scores for some fucking reason. Does it? Let me see. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's got 85% on Rotten Tomatoes? Hmm. Yep. Well, what's the user? Let me let me look up the user thing. Well, it's about... Uh, well, it's Mean Girls, right? Or what did you say it was? Strangers on the Train mixed with Mean Girls. Right. And uh, Honor Society... It was Honor it was Society, done by the people who did Honor Society. Society. It's got eighty three percent audience score too. Um, yeah, that's that's way way too high. <laughs> yeah, I it just not. I feel like people are scoring it better because of like its uh, message that it's trying to portray, right? What message? Be a shithead girl, get away with it, and uh, everything will be okay. As long as man bad. As long as man bad, yes. Right. Because imagine you, if you, you, if, you, if, you, if at the end it didn't like the guy didn't come out and uh, reveal what he revealed. I guess. Right. Um, at the end of the movie. Right. They're they're still terrible people, right? <laughs> they are terrible, terrible people. Especially one of them. And I think that's the problem we had with Honor Society as well, was like, yeah. it portrays this character as being uh, the good guy, when in actuality they're just a horrible, horrible human being. And that right. kind of like... I do think this is better than Honor Society, though. But I think it's... I, I put it in the same category, I guess is my point. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I do think this... It's, it's very like that. But it has kind of like... It has a stranger on a train premise. I I laughed very much because uh, I think it was like two three days after that mm-hmm. I said I said that to you. Uh, they came out an, an article about how how much it's like strangers on the train from the garden, and I, I was like, that's funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like the act. I like Maya Hawk. I like Camila oh, Mendez, yeah. who's the main character yeah. in this. I think they're good. good I acting. think. To the point where they're trying to drive home this point, like we started noticing, pic- uh, not pictures, but uh, paintings in the background uh-huh. of each scene that were like uh, portraying what the scene scene was about. Yeah. yeah, telling of like 
they're trying to um they, they think they're really clever with what they're doing in this but they're not yeah that's the that's it, the uh, biggest problem i have with it uh yeah it feels extremely pretentious pretentious uh, there you go the, yeah look how clever we are we're nobody's gonna see our little joke we put in here but it's like right. mm, no it's very obvious what you're doing here yeah and it's <laughs> it's very like look at me i am so clever you will People will watch this movie again and again and totally like not see that we have imaginary in the background. And me and Luke were like, this is a little too on the... <laughs> yeah, you're trying too hard, hand. right? It's try yeah. hard. It try hard for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt very CW, very uh, CW in in the way the, the storyline went. Yeah. And I, I think, I think... Um, Oh, there's that... a plot. Sorry, go plot ahead. twist. Uh, yeah, there's a plot twist. Approximately, maybe three quarters are, are into the movie, that they totally fucking like skip over at the end of. The they movie. ruined it with the ending. Like the plot twist right. was interesting, and if they would have gone yes with that plot twist as the, like, I, I would like that movie much better. Right, than but then right at the end, they ruined the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then the bathroom, <laughs> there's like, they're in this bathroom and it's like a central part oh, of the gosh. film to the point where during the credits, oh, and then the credits, uh -huh. oh my oh, God. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the wrap, yeah. they wrap up storylines during the credits in of the movie. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That is so bad. I didn't, yeah. I forgot about the credits. It's, it's getting to zero. It's getting a zero. <laughs> Yeah, I I really despise this movie. I think it is probably worse. How does this than... have so the scores that I it don't does? know? Okay, I think it's probably worse than 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 uh, that dog movie that we saw. Uh, yeah, I'm giving this a fat big zero. I I hated everything about it. Yeah, that's a good question. Is it worse than Marmaduke? Um... I think it is. Because Marmaduke, Marmaduke, you you can say that, uh, like, if you can say something nice about Marmaduke, it is very consistent. But this movie isn't consistent. Like it 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 fucks over its whole premise. Right. Uh, especially at the ending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I think one of the other big problems I had with this is like it feels like it doesn't feel like human interaction i think i said like right. it feels like these people are living on another planet or in some kind of cult like in the middle of nowhere or something yeah because this color scheme let's talk about that for two seconds the color scheme in this movie is so fucking weird well they were going for some kind of clueless thing right right they they were trying to but it didn't work especially when we were like oh girls have this color boys have this color no Fuck, fuck us. Let's put people in both colors. It's like, have some consistency. There's no consistency in this movie, and that makes me ag aggregated. Yeah, I don't understand why it's got such good scores, but it does, so... <laughs> Maybe we are wrong. I guess so. I don't know. We must yeah. have missed something. But everybody else thinks that the thing that we thought was incredibly unclever apparently is clever. <laughs> yeah, it made me want to watch uh, Strangers on the Train again, so where is that? 
Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, The Woman King, because I haven't seen this trailer like 600 times before. Me neither. Her reign begins. Now look. Official trailer. Mm-hmm. Because you need trailer for the trailer nowadays. You do, apparently. I have never seen this trailer, Eliot. I wonder why this has been spewed as much as it has. Is it just because of Viola Davis? Why has it been viewed? The trailer or the movie? Uh, well, the trailer. Why Why have they pushed it as hard as they have? Uh, award, award season. I think they're just trying to push this as like an Oscar kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, Viola Davis is definitely an award worthy actor. Actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's amazing. And then put her. And they're trying to put it in a movie that's got like some oomph behind it, right? We're gonna hear yeah. uh, a little bit about the, it, like it says, based on true events, right? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are having problems with that part of the situation, the true events part. Right. I find her dialect or accent a little weird, but I I think I would. I actually haven't seen this trailer. Like I've seen trailer oh, a lot is... of trailers for this one, but I haven't seen this specific one yet. Actually. Oh, okay. This is the one I've seen before. <laughs> I mean, it it reminds me a little of Wakanda Forever trailer. Does it? I don't, I don't... A little... I get a little, like, DC from this. But, uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe. Maybe I don't remember that trailer very well. Maybe there's that. It... What I'm trying to say is it feels a little cartoonish. Over the top. Over the top, right, okay. Right. The Woman King. See, even, like, Vio Davis is above the name of the right. film in in the in the title yeah so maybe i'm i'm correct in saying this because what is this oscar nominated movie all about look right yeah that, that might have been the most correct you've ever been about that <laughs> statement uh oh this is not a very uh it's an e american epic historical drama film about n OG, an all-female warrior unit that protected the Western African kingdom of Dahomey during the 17th to 19th centuries. Set in the 1820s, the film stars Viola Davis as a general who trains a next, the next generation of warriors to fight their enemies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, all my reviews I found on Rotten Tomatoes. It was very, very hard to find some some bad reviews because like everyone that's like verified is like five stars uh, like Nicole G says so much action and wonderful acting Viola Davis deserves an award and she does the rest and so does the rest of the cast these ladies are badass uh, but Rachel gave it two star and said the movie was too sophisticated at times for the type of movie it was not really realistic. 
All right, well, on Facebook, there was a lot of dissenting opinion. I mean, there was people like Moses Harper who said the film was amazing. Anyone who is against seeing imagery of powerful African black women battling the white imperialism should not attend. Go to a Klan rally or something. Everyone else should enjoy the yeah, film. Yeah, because everyone is racist if you don't watch this movie, look. But You're a racist. Chris Williams says it looks good for a Hollywood standards... <laughs> Uh, it, it looks good for Hollywood standards and to obtain that quote-unquote black dollar, but I'm conflicted. Viola Davis is my favorite favorite actress. Oh, is the favorite actress of mine, but the history, uh, quote-unquote, they are portraying is troubling. This tribe amassed a great wealth by selling our ancestors into slavery. How will that be told in this cin cinematic portrait? So, yeah, um... Mm -hmm. The tribe that the true story is based on, Fro, just Google mm -hmm. that uh, tribe. Um, uh, because Christine Harrington says, This movie is literally a disgrace and is rewriting history just to bolster the inequality in Hollywood. If this movie was accurate, the main actor should be, should be portrayed as Hitler, not a powerful woman overcoming adversary. Adversa adversary just do five second google search on the demoe tribe they were literally the worst people in the planet at the time <laughs> uh michael hutchinson says her kingdom was built on a transatlantic slave trade coming out as pro-slavery is a bad uh is a bad move <laughs> is it really yeah i didn't know that but melina walker says just got finished watching the movie literally half an hour ago and i'm telling you viola davis is going to win an emmy for this well that's not going to happen because the emmys isn't for movies so hmm uh one of the hmm. best movies of the year she played it so well along with her co-actors as well as all the other actors so i mean the acting's probably great uh oh, yeah. i don't think that's the problem people are having with it uh it's i yeah i i looked up the tribe um Apparently, like, as far as the United States goes, they were never mm -hmm. did dealings with the tr this specific tribe. But uh, even in the Wikipedia article about it, it says that um, one of the last slave ships to ever come to America was from that area, that tribe. Um, so, yeah. Right. Uh, other movies that's coming out is Munich, Daydream, Above uh, Boat, See How They Run, Pearl, The Modern Way, Confess uh, Fletch, Running, The Basis, Clerks 3, God's Country, Land of Dreams, and The Silent Twins. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Clerks 3. Most, I think that's the thing I'm most excited. I saw the trailer looks so good. So Ooh, I, I, It looks very good. And I didn't even like Clerks 2. I, I thought that was not that great. How dare you? I, it's so much better than one. Really? I, I There were certain oh, parts yeah. of Clerks 2 that I thought were too commercialized, like too, you know, mainstream. But Clerks 3 mm. looks like it's going back to like less mainstream look to it. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, the other movie that I really want to see is Pearl. Uh a follow-up to X. I can't wait to see it. It seems like a prequel, right? Because it's her before yes. meeting the porn guy, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, if you, if anybody's seen X. And they're kind of building a universe with this and other, uh, these other movies, and then they could spin that off into like a whole other 
world if they wanted to, you know what I mean? Where, like, these characters are kind of uh, uh, background characters in a whole other movie, if that makes sense. That could be yeah. interesting. Yeah. The next one that's coming out is Maxine with three X's. Who is Maxine in the in X? I don't remember. Is she the uh, other porn star? Uh, she's the she's the black, uh, uh, black uh, haired woman. Oh, okay. she's the one with the black hair. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, next week we will talk news of the week, uh, TV and movies of the week. Sandman episode 7 review, another digital review of the most controversial movie right now. Don't worry, darling, because holy moly, that is controversial. Is it? I will talk about it. I think I've seen something oh, about it. Have you not, not getting the drama around that movie? No, we can go into it if you want. Uh, let me look at... No, let's do that next week. Do it next week? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy around. Twitch is banning... All casino games. Huge news. Uh, I didn't hear that, but um, Twitch streamers. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. A Twitch streamer named because uh, of this Silker admitted that he scammed fans and content creators. Do you have an article about that? Because we should read that if you have it. I'll I'll read okay, this. You I find the article. Yeah. Uh, Silker admitted that he scammed fans and other content creators out of at least two hundred thousand dollars to fund his counter-strike gambling addiction in response big name streamers such as pokimane and mizkiff have been coordinating a boycott of twitch during which uh, during the week of christmas to protest uh their lax policy on gambling streams right so and then fro just told me that they've banned gambling so we uh yeah i have a article oh. here uh, it says, uh, Twitch bans major gambling sites after streamers uh, threaten strikes when the situation involves personalities like uh, XQC, Pokemon, Miskiff, and Trainwreck. It's no wonder uh, Twitch moved fast against uh, sites like Stake. Uh, so it's been uh, Move pretty fast. Rough. This has been a complaint from people Stake on Twitch for like years at this yes, point. I know. So I don't think this is a fast move. Uh, I mean, uh, what's the guy, what's the rap, not rapper, the R&B artist, uh, Drake. Drake does steak streams. Right. And he's like so a it millionaire. Says here, it says here that uh, Twitch will no longer uh, allow streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulette, or dice games that aren't licensed in the U.S. or other jurisdictions that have proven significant consumer uh, products. The list currently is stake.com, rollbit.com, and dualbits.com, uh, and robot. Uh, and they say they may expand uh, uh, the company's issues as it goes. And this will start taking an effect of uh, the 18th of October. So it's still like three weeks away. So yeah, uh, if you. If you're looking to get into gambling on Twitch to make some money, you only got three weeks, everybody. Get get, get on it. Yep, yeah, and uh, Miskiff got uh, suspended from... Uh, this is breaking news, actually. Uh, I was thinking of talking about this, so this fits perfectly in, because, holy shit, Miskiff has been uh, through a lot. 
uh, top Twitch streamer Miskif has been s suspended from gaming org for allegedly sexual assault cover-up. Uh, and uh, uh, this is very, very, very awful. It has uh, says that uh, personalities like Maya and Miskif have been accused of encouraging covering up abuse victims' traumatic experience. And uh, uh, it he is now uh, kicked out of uh, his uh, 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 gaming org. He's accused and, of encouraging uh, the cover-up of an abuse mm -hmm. victim. Um, okay, it says here, while allegedly drunk, Adriana Lee recounted an incident in which Crazy Slick followed her around, tried to, and allegedly did kiss her and touched her neck and chest multiple times to check her pulse after she, oh and then checked her pulse after she passed out in one of the rooms although she clarified in an initial post that she is now saying is somewhat co coerced that crazy sleep did not uh quote-unquote rape or assault her she noted that his actions did make her feel uncomfortable um so what is what is yeah, so uh, this lady said Maya and Miskif pressured her to say something ASAP. Uh, so uh, the two didn't have to kick Crazy Slick out of the house because Crazy Slick is the best friend with Miskif and lived with Maya and right. Miskif. Right, okay. Uh, and uh, they, if you don't know, Miskif and Maya was dating at that time. Uh, and. Uh, Simultaneously, all videos and screenshots of Miskif were uncovered, in which he uh, undermined uh, uh, this girl's experience, calling it not a really big deal, and also used a handful of slurs in chat with a friend against black and LBTQ plus uh, people. Well, and I'm also seeing here Maya has responded with her side of what happened saying there was no cover-up. She states at the time uh, Adria said there was no assault. So Maya asked that that be included in the twit longer and that they did not word uh, word it correctly, I guess. So yeah, that was somebody who was in the situation and was there also mm -hmm. and is a female and was that was in that situation. Um yeah, this I guess this is still kind of up in the air, but that's interesting. Uh, I don't know, Miskiff, to me, has always seemed like kind of a problematic a character. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, no, oh, not only was it that stealing, uh, and uh, we had the chess uh, thing that was like a, a big thing, and then this came around. So Twitch has been through... Uh, really weird like 24 hour cycle and apparently they're just losing tons of money right now because uh yeah. youtube is stealing all their biggest streamers um and so there's a lot of discussion as like it seems like twitch isn't going to be around for too much longer which i think right. is sad because it actually is a very it good is, platform yeah. for uh diversity on the internet where like yeah if everybody ends up on youtube uh, the it's going to be uh, the mono mo monopolization of the internet is not a good thing, right? Yeah, and uh, the guy that I think is most happy about this, Adam Levine. 
isn't that the singer from whatever? Maroon 5, yeah. Yeah. Why, why is he happy yeah. about it? Because he had an affair. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Nobody is talking about it. During that his wife was pregnant as well. Because that makes it even more better. Um... Uh, apparently he's criminally bad at sexting also is what the cut is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- I didn't hear about this. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Crystal and Kyle, though, they are hap- in a happy uh, relationship. The one- There's one happy relationship on the internet right now. They are so cute together. Yeah, they're engaged. They said they're going to have a wedding next year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we talked about it when they revealed that they were dating, but they 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 were very cryptic about them very. dating. It was like this one Twitter post of yeah. them like standing next to a lake together, like smiling and up hugging. So it was very clear that they were more than friends at that point. But I think a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. Even in the the announcement video, they were like a lot of people didn't even know we were dating. Uh, but mm-hmm. congratulations, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting, especially since they like work together also, and work yeah. and you know when you work together with your spouse, that's ne- not always a good thing. So I have a question for you: Is something special going to happen next week? I uh, is there I don't know. Anything? Is, is there anything is there, happening next week there, that I don't know about? Oh, there's a nothing special, but we are having our seven year anniversary show. That is special. Come on, three hundred and sixty-four. That is seven years of being together on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Do you want the divorce? <laughs> <laughs> the seven-year itch. Yeah, and then I'll accuse you, like twenty years later, of releasing a, a sex tape against sex me. Sex tape. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even though I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, with your mom. <laughs> with my mom, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're having seven years. It's 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 weird to think about that it's been seven years. It doesn't feel like seven years. Uh, when I think back of, like, how we were seven years ago, it, th- that's, it does kind of feel like seven years. When I think about, like, <laughs> where we started, talk the things right. we started talking about and stuff like that, like... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you know the set setup of the podcast has definitely changed through those years. But it it doesn't feel like it's so much like seven years. It's like I I I I talked to my dad about it this week, and I I said what is maybe the most strange is that like even though uh, I've been sick, like in the hospital or like whatever, we have done one show a week, like every single week for seven years that is quite a commitment it is a very big commitment that's true yeah and i i feel like it's kind of like people don't think about how how much that goes into making the show i think people are very um think that we're just sit here and like turn off uh, turn on uh, our mics and like roll with it to a certain point we do but i think that's what makes it fun though also is like i've thought about like there's been times where like i was so busy in life and then i would and Mm. i'm like there i 
I'm doing too many things at once, that kind of feeling. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, maybe I, maybe I should cut back on the amount of things I'm doing. And I've, I always come back to like, well, the podcast is fun. If I'm going to cut mm-hmm. away something that's taking up my time, I'm going to cut away something that's not, that isn't enjoyable in my life. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. And so the podcast is always there and it's always enjoyable. And that's, that's what makes it, uh, good, good fun. I think Tron said it a few weeks ago, like we gave him an opportunity to like live out one of his kind of dreams of being like, a. a you know, uh, edgy comedian kind of yeah. comparing it to like, um, uh, you know, older comedians, uh, political comedians. So yeah, I, uh, I think that's, that is what I take from it mostly. I mean, we'll talk about it more next week, right? Yeah. We will. And I, and I'm very proud of what we have done and I'm very proud of what we have, what we have. I mean, we already have talked about like that you, you listeners don't, talk about like we're talking about like uh things like reviewing uh renewing the the hosting of the show it's it's not like we're going anywhere yeah uh yeah exactly i don't something catastrophic would happen to have would have to happen to like a computer <laughs> right. uh which is very possible i suppose but knock on wood right <laughs> knock on wood yep well uh, from Norway, my name is Fro. From the U.S. of the A, my name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di- another, digi- another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.